Welcome to Next on the Tee with Chris Mascaro, where PGA and LPGA players, legends, and top instructors share their stories, insights, and playing lessons. Join Chris every Tuesday night as he talks with the greats of the game. Tonight's show is sponsored by the French Lick Resort, the PGA Tour Superstore, TaylorMade Golf, the Bobby Jones Apparel Company, Two Under, Ben Hogan Golf, Golf Pride, Srixon and their Z-Star Golf Balls, and the Sandiston Resort. Now here is your host, Chris Mascaro. Good evening, folks. Boy, it, it sure is great having you with me tonight here on Next on the Tee. We really appreciate the fact that you continue to make this show a part of your golfing content. Tonight, I've got two more of the top instructors in the game that I'm going to have with me tonight. We'll share some of their tips and their insights and playing lessons and everything designed right to help us all hit better golf shots. So looking forward to that part of the show. We're going to talk specifically about directional issues, right? Correcting the slice that we have. And then what do we do when we slice? Then we all of a sudden start doing the opposite, right? We're pull hooking the ball to overcompensate. So how do we fix both of those things? We'll talk about that. We'll also talk about the mental side of the game. We do that a lot here on the show. We're going to talk about specifically how to better deal with playing pressure. So I'd like to talk about that piece. I'm also going to get sort of get inside the mind, if you will, of Bernard Longer from the man who was on his bag for several years. So a lot more great information and stories coming your way tonight on Next on the Tee. My first guest tonight is going to, is a really great friend of the show, become a really wonderful part of the show over the last several years, and that's Jason Hayes. Jason is the director of golf out at Buffalo Dunes Golf Course in Garden City, Kansas. He's also one of the most highly decorated instructors in that area of the country, northern Texas, Kansas, that part of the country. I'm going to talk to Jason about his junior golf program. He's got one of his junior players about to go off into the drive, chip, and putt contest, try to get to Augusta National next year. So want to hear that story. He's also uh, got a, uh, a Symmetra Tour event coming up at Buffalo Dunes in early September. And you know we're a big fan of that tour. Our good friend Nat Sherry probably going to be in the field there. So I want to talk about that. And like I say, I want to get uh, Jason's thoughts on how do we fix our slice and then how do we stop from overcompensating and pull hooking the ball. So really looking forward to having Jason back as part of the show. He'll join me in just a few minutes. Following him, I'm going to be joined by another one of the top instructors, this time in the state of Illinois during the summer, in Arizona in the winter, and that's Shane LeBaron. Shane is a Level 3 Plain Truth Certified Instructor, just like a couple of other good friends here on the show, our friend Andy Trainer, who joined us a couple of weeks ago, and then Kevin Roman, who's also become a wonderful friend. He was on not that long ago as well. I want to talk to uh, Shane about the plain truth swing methodology, right? We talked a little bit about that with Andy, but how does that mesh with today's world where we're talking about, you know, swing your swing, right? So how does the plain truth you know, methodology for swing instruction kind of mesh up with swing your own swing? We'll, we'll get uh, Shane's uh, thoughts about that. Also want to talk about, he's the one I'm going to talk about the mental side of the game and how he prepares his students to deal with playing pressure. So really excited to have Shane as part of the show. Tonight's going to be his first time with me. So he'll join me a little bit later on in this half hour. And then we're going to round out tonight's show with a return visit from Caddy for a Cure founder, Russ Holden. Russ was a, uh, a PGA Tour caddy for many years, on the bag for Bernard Longer for most of that time. Interested in getting Russ's take on Longer's win this past weekend at the Senior Open Championship. Unbelievable, right? You know, you look at Bernard Longer, the guy's almost 62 years old. He'll become 62 in, in just a few weeks, yet he continues to go out and dominate on the Champions Tour. Want to get Russ's take on that? 
We'll also talk about the great things that he continues to do for our wounded military veterans through Caddy for a Cure. So it's always great having Russ on the show, and they continue to do great things over there. So looking forward to catching up with him about 45 minutes from now. So there you have it, folks. More great stories and playing lessons coming your way tonight on this edition of Next on the Teen. As always, thank you so much for tuning in and taking the journey with me tonight. Before we get started, you know, I always like to remind you about my good friend Mitch Lawrence and his podcast, Talking Golf Getaways. He and his co-host, Darren Bunch, they let you know about the great places to stay, play, and even eat and drink around the country with respect to the golf courses, right? You can find their podcast over on GolfTripX.com, and that's a letter X, so GolfTripX.com, also available on Audio Boom, Stitcher, and Player.fm. Go there, check out their show, and as I say, learn about some of the hidden gems, some of the great courses around the country that you can go stay and play at. His twin brother, Matthew, also has a great golf show. It's called Backspin Golf, and that show airs Sunday mornings from 8 to 9 a.m. Eastern Time on WLXG ESPN Radio, AM 1300 up in Lexington, Kentucky. You can stream it online by going to WLXG.com or do what I did, which is download the WLXG app and stream it on your smartphone. The show is a lot of fun because Matthew is a lot of fun. He makes that show so much fun to listen to, and he's got great guests on the show with him every single week. It's a great way to kick off your Sunday mornings. Again, the name of the show is Backspin Golf, and you can stream it online on WLXG.com or on the WLXG app. And folks, as you know, we are sponsored by the French Lick Resort. Let's hear a word from Steve Rondonero about what they've got going on up there. It's a Pete Dye masterpiece, the Pete Dye course at French Lick Resort. Pete says its location on one of the highest points in Indiana makes it special. The long views, you can see many 20 and 30 miles from many of the fairways and many of the tees and greens, and, and you can see it in 360 degrees. Donald Ross's hill course put French Lick on the golf map more than 100 years ago. It's where Walter Hagen won the 1924 PGA Championship, and the place where today's Symmetra Tour ladies battle each year. It's the ambience around it that makes the golf course. Combine our many resort amenities with legendary golf, and you have a getaway like no other. French Lick Resort is the home of the Senior LPGA Championship, won in 2018 by World Golf Hall of Famer Laura Davies. Play the course's champions play. Plan your trip now, online at FrenchLick.com. Yeah, folks, be sure to go online to FrenchLick.com to see for yourself what a wonderful place they have up there, and you'll be able to book your stay there as well. I also want to give a shout-out to our friends over at TaylorMade, and boy, they have done great things again this year with their drivers. The TaylorMade M5 and M6 drivers are a tremendous story. They both feature speed-injected twist face, created through a revolutionary manufacturing process where every single head, and I do mean, folks, Every single head is injected and calibrated to the threshold of the legal limit. So basically, every head is made to be tour spicy. So speed for all. Check them out online by going to tailormadegolf.com. Please also check out our friends at the Bobby Jones Apparel Company by going online to bobbyjones.com. They've got their semi-annual sales event going on right now, savings of up to 50% on some items. In fact, their best-selling performance polo shirts are now up to 60% off. See for yourself what a great line of polo shirts and and, uh, men's and women's apparel that they have by going online to bobbyjones.com. All right, now back with me here on the French Lick Resort guest line is Jason Hayes. And let me remind you about Jason's background. He's from Tucumcari, New Mexico. He attended the New Mexico Military Institute in Roswell, New Mexico. 
earned a certification as a PGA professional from the PGA of America back in 1998. He's been the vice president of the Northern Texas PGA section since 2016. He also served as the president of the Northern Texas PGA West chapter in 2012 and 13. Jason has been recognized with several awards, including the Bill Strasberg Award, which is a top honor given by the Northern Texas PGA West chapter. He also won that award in 2005, 2007, 2008, and 2016. He was the chapter's Golf Professional of the Year in 2011, 12, and 13, and Teacher of the Year in 2009 and 10. He was also the Merchandiser of the Year for private clubs in the Northern Texas PGA West chapter in 2004 and 6. He was the Manager of the Year in 1998 for Four Star Golf Corporation while at Scott Park when uh, he won the Northern Texas PGA Western Championship in 2010. He's helped start up the golf program at places like Angelo State University, which is a Division II school, and he helped get that program to national prominence in only their second year of existence. He's been the director of golf at clubs like Fair Oaks Country Club, San Angelo Country Club, and now Buffalo Dunes Golf Course in Garden City, Kansas. And I'm very honored he is back with me again tonight here on Next on the Tee. Hey, Jason, thanks for coming back on the show. Hey, Chris, thanks for having me. It's always a pleasure uh, coming back and... uh and uh, visiting with you. I appreciate you. So, uh, Jason, I, I want to start our time tonight, and you do such great work with players of all ages, but I really want to start off by focusing on your junior golfers. I saw that you've got an interesting program called Parents and Putting for Players 10 and Under. So uh, talk about that program and the things you're doing junior golf-wise there at Buffalo Dunes. You know, um, our Parents and Putting is uh, something that we kind of started it we we set up a uh, little putting course, obstacle course. Um, we've had kids uh, from three to nine come out this summer, and we just kind of make it fun for them. We uh, we get the parents involved. It's kind of our on ramp to uh, getting the kids hooked uh, hooked on golf, and um, it's uh, it, it's it's done well for us. Um, We've, uh, we probably could have done a little bit better job of this, this summer. Um, we've, we've been busy. Junior golf has been, uh, we've had lots of stuff going on, uh, with our PJ Junior League team. Uh, it's in its second year up here. Uh, our local high school coach, his name is, uh, Trent Speck. We've got some, uh, we have about 15 to 20 kids that come out a couple times a week, uh, to practice, uh, to keep them kind of going through the summer. So we're, uh, we're staying pretty busy. That with uh, everything else we've been doing, it's been a, it's been a good summer. And Jason, I, I know you've got a one of your uh, junior golfers that's getting ready to compete up there to uh, try to qualify for the drive, chip, and putt in Augusta National. Talk about the, who that young player is. So we've got a uh, a young man. This is his. Uh, this will be his second time to. Uh, his name is uh, Braden Walters. Um, he's a he's a great. Uh, just a great young man. He's, he's nine. Um, last year he made it all the way to, uh, Houston, to, uh, to the Woodlands Country Club. Um, didn't, didn't fare so well, but he's going back to, uh, the regional tournament in Tulsa on Thursday. And, uh, I actually got to spend quite a bit of time with him this afternoon, just, uh, working on, uh, routine and, uh, trying to, uh, you know, Use his use use pre-shot routine and some different different uh, keys to kind of battle through the mental side of that. So, 
And and that's a great point, Jason, because that was gonna, that's going to be my next question. You know, for a, for a young man or even you know young girl, right, nine years old, all of a sudden now you're competing on a regional and then hopefully a national level when, once they get all the way to Augusta National in the drive, chip, and putt. How do you keep them from getting too nervous and and um, you know let all those sort of nerves get to them so it takes them off their game? Is there something you're teaching your young players, particularly this young man, to uh, how to calm his nerves and stay in the moment? You know, it, it's 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 nothing new. Um, we we just we really focus on routine. Um, we want to try to make his pre-shot routine and what he does as consistent as possible every time he hits the golf ball chips the ball, puts the ball, um, his tendency is to get a little quick. And uh, so we really work on trying to slow him down and trying to uh, keep him a little more focused and focus more on the routine, not so much what what he's going to do after his routine, you know, when he's getting ready to hit the shot. For, for him, it's I've got to do this routine. I've got so much amount of time to do it in. And once he kind of gets in that rhythm or, or gets going, it's, uh, it's amazing how well his shot and, uh, how, how well he responds to that. And Jason, when you're working with your junior players, is there something that you do to, you know, help them sort of celebrate the small wins, whether it's they've hit a good shot, maybe they've made a great putt, those sorts of things to kind of keep them energized, keep them engaged and keep them excited about playing? You know, one one of the things I, I try to do is um, we very rarely focus on a bad shot. You know, if we're in here in the uh, teaching studio and, and we're hitting balls and we hit hit a squirrely one, I just it, I just call it what it is. It's a bad shot. Um, now, if we're working on some pitching or we've got some little targets that we stick out that are that are mobile and. You know, we're hitting 40, 50, 60 yard, uh, pitch shots and they hit one. You know, we're going to celebrate that. It's a big deal. Uh, I want them to get excited. I mean, it's a, it's an accomplishment to hit a golf ball 60 yards and, and hit a target that's three feet wide. And so, I mean, we just, I, I want it to make, I want to make it fun for them. Um, I don't want them to, uh, feel like they're out here hitting golf balls and, you know, we, we work on a lot of, uh, different motions too. We, we don't just hit a lot of golf balls. We, we're using alignment sticks and, and, uh, hitting impact bags and we're on, uh, wobble boards and skateboards and we're throwing golf balls and we're throwing just, we're, we're trying to make the golf swing as dynamic a motion as, you know, pitching a baseball, um, swinging a pickaxe handle, just, just different things like that. And Jason, nowadays we hear the mantra a lot about, you know, swing your swing, right? It's, we, we see so many, you know, unconventional swings on, on the, uh, on the tour now. And it's, that's not all that different from when you're looking back over, over the last several decades of guys that have their own sort of guys and gals have their own sort of unique swing about it. Do you teach the classical swing or how much individuality do you let particularly your junior golfers have regarding what their swing looks like? No, we, we focus on posture, alignment, grip, um, all the basic fundamentals. But, um, I always, I always like to take whatever athleticism they have and make that, have them make it as, in as athletic golf swing as possible. Whether they get it laid off across the line, 
as long as we get it back to the bottom and the impact in a good position, we're we're going to be pretty solid. Um, the classic golf swing is great, um, but you know there's some people that that uh, that don't do it, and there's some people that are not doing it right now that are becoming pretty successful. And Jason, I have to imagine when you're watching these kids and and they're and they, they're hitting the ball well, it's got to be pretty rewarding for you as an instructor. Do the kids ever come back to you? And talk to you about, you know, your teaching and what they enjoy most about the game and why they, you know, continue to want to come and be a part of your junior program. They ever kind of give you that, you know, gee, coach, you know, you're great at this. And it, it's something that really sticks out for you and it makes you feel good about the things that you're doing to help grow the game. You know, I, I, that does happen. Um, and the, the the one word that, that they always use is, is we have fun. It's, you know. Taking a golf lesson should be an experience. It shouldn't be like going to getting your uh, immunizations at the at the doctor's <laughs> office. Um, it, it, it should be fun, and and that's that's how we do it. Uh, you know, we're gonna we're just, we're just I just like to make it fun. We we use all different types of things. Like I said, pickaxe handles, alignment rods, brooms, balls. Um, it, it uh, it's it's always fun to look at different instructors and how they use different uh, different equipment, different ways, and and uh, I'm always trying to uh, make myself a better teacher by you know understanding the biomechanics of the golf swing, but also how to relate that to a junior golfer or a lady or you know a better a better uh, better player. So. And Jason, you know, moving on to let's talk about some of your adult students and something that you kind of mentioned a moment ago um, for folks that have athletic swings and trying to, you know, cater to that. But as as you start to have um, students that are senior golfers, you know, guys like me, we're 50s and above, 60s, 70s. Um, a lot of times we've had injuries in our lives. A lot of times we're dealing with arthritis and other things. For for those of us that maybe have some swing limitation, how do you help us, you know, kind of at least get the, you know, strike the ball where we need to strike it in the in the center of the face if we're dealing with old injuries and maybe we can't get back to parallel anymore on our backswings? How do you help the senior player get the most out of his or her game? You know, everybody can can uh, move, can can pivot, they can pick their feet up and and kind of get that motion going. Um, obviously, some people are going to be a little more limited with, with knees and hips and stuff. But if, say, I've got somebody that can't really turn onto their right side, um, I may have them drop that right foot back and open that toe up a little bit where, where it does allow them to uh, to feel like they've got a little bit of a pivot. Um, and then we really, really work hard on trying to get, again, get everything uh, moving in the right direction, uh, moving towards the target, not kind of hanging back. And there, there's lots of drills that you can do. Um, and it really doesn't matter, at least in my opinion, it doesn't matter at what age you are. Um, if you can take your athleticism and, and, and get that sequencing down uh, correctly, you're, you're going to hit the ball better. You may not hit it as far as you want, but at least you're going to hit it solid. You're going to keep it in play, and, and you're going to enjoy the game a little bit more. 
Jason, for those of us who are struggling with directional issues, let's say, if we're slicing the ball to the right into the trees or we're overcompensating and we're pull hooking the ball to the left, what are some things that we can do to fix those issues? You know, the, the, the first thing I tell you is to make sure you're pointed where you think you're pointed. A lot of times, um, right-handed golfers will uh, come over the top of it or pull it, pull it left because they're aimed a lot further right than they think they are. Um, and it's pretty easy to uh, throw an alignment stick down on the ground and make sure you're pointed exactly where you think you're pointed. That, uh, that in itself... Uh, fixes a lot of things. It, it, uh, it, you know, when, when you're square or your shoulders, hips, and feet are all pointed in the same direction, uh, it's amazing what you can accomplish. Whether you want to try to swing from the inside out a little bit or, or, uh, um, I mean, that's, that's the first thing. The, the next thing is, um, just making sure we're not swinging from the shoulders, so to speak. We're, uh, we're gonna have a little more, I, I like to call them Tyrannosaurus Rex arms, where we're gonna hinge at the elbows a little bit more. I don't think, uh, people hinge at the elbows correctly a lot of times, and, um, it's amazing you kinda get somebody to understand as they pivot back that, that right elbow, how it will fold, and, uh, you, you can really sync up the arms and the body and, uh, and change the direction of the path of the golf club. And there, there's, Again, it's, there's a, there's a hundreds of thousands of ways to swing the club. It's just if we can get you back into impact square, uh, with, with the ability that you, that you've got, um, it's going to make the game more fun. Jason, how about those of us that are chunking our iron shots? If, if we're hitting it fat consistently over and over and over again, what's, what's something that we can do to make sure we're making better contact, hitting it clean and crisp as opposed to, hidden behind the ball? Um, again, I, I think that can go back to bad alignment. Um, also, uh, ball position um, has a lot to do with that. Um, if your golf ball is not centered or a little left of center um, for just your normal stock shot um, and, you're not, and you're not rotating to the target or moving to the target, so to speak, uh, to help kind of shallow the club out a little bit, you're... Uh, you, you can chunk it. So we we spend a lot of time uh, trying to take a medicine ball and and throwing it like you're making a golf swing. Um, the other thing I like to use is uh, I've got a couple of really long broom handles, and the longer the length, it just promotes you to swing a little more around yourself, and um, it helps kind of shallow out the club. It it gives you a little bit better feel. Um, Something else we do is uh, I'll have uh, the player, uh, we've got a few places on the golf course where the ball can be above their feet. And again, you, uh, you, you start working with that golf swing with the ball above their feet, tends to shallow it out a little bit, and uh, we don't get quite as steep coming into impact. And as you mentioned ball position, Jason, are you a proponent of roughly the same ball position or do you like the, the ball position to start moving back in our stance as we get, you know, from the high, you know, the four or five iron, maybe a little further back on the, you know, seven, eight iron and a little further back on the pitching wedge? Or do you prefer that ball position always to be towards our left heel? 
You know, they're, they're, the, the two schools of thought are start in the middle and move forward as the golf club gets longer or off the left heel. I, I like either one of them. Um, one of them is going to be optimal to, uh, to the student you're teaching. Um, and so I, I like both of them. It just depends on who I've got and where they feel comfortable the most. Jason, switching gears a little bit, you've got the Garden City Charity Classic uh, on the Symmetra Tour coming there to Buffalo Dunes the first week of September. How are things going in preparation for that event? They are uh, they are in full swing. Um, the uh, the community here in Garden City and surrounding areas, uh, Dodge City, Liberal, um, all everybody just gets behind that event. It's uh, it's you know it's it's one of the Probably the biggest sporting event in uh, in this part of the uh, part of the world. Um, we we've got all those ladies that come in and spend uh, a week with us, and uh, we're we're very proud to to have that tournament and be associated with the Symmetra Tour. What kind of crowds do you typically get for that event? You know, it it, it just depends on the weather. Um, last year. Uh, crowds were down a little bit because it was a little cooler. Um, but it, it just, it just all depends, depends on the weather. I mean, first part of September in, uh, southwest Kansas, it could be 85 and perfect or it could be 55 and blowing. So, um, we have the, the amount of volunteers that we have that, that volunteer and then stick around and, you know, we'll get, Four or five hundred people a uh, a day that come out, um, and and uh, it, it's again, it's just a great event. The, we have a big uh, big party with all the ladies and sponsors, um, and then uh, it's it's just fun. One of the, one of the things we did last year, um, I think we talked about it a little bit last year, probably about this time, is we uh, the charity that we had didn't quite fit what we were trying to do. And so there's 11 area lady high school golf programs in Southwest Kansas. Those actually became the charity. And we wrote uh, about $22,000 worth of checks to uh, the high school programs to help uh, improve uh, girls golf in, in Southwest Kansas. Um, one of the things that we did is we invited, we had about 70 girls, high school girls show up uh, Wednesday after our pro-am. We had about 35 to 40 Symmetra Tour players. Um, and it was kind of like watching a uh, junior high dance. The Symmetra girls were on one side, the high school girls were on the other side. And we kind of had to help get them together. And once we got them together, it was uh, just kind of crazy. The girls were asking questions about playing college golf and what's it like to play on the tour and what's travel like. Um, the girls helped uh, help the ladies with their golf swings and chipping and putting. It was it, we didn't quite know what it was look what it would look like when we did it, but it was a uh, a home run, and uh, we're we're looking forward to doing that again. So. That's great. Jason, just a couple more before I let you go. Um, I saw that you guys are uh, trying to raise some funds for a new clubhouse there at Buffalo Dunes. Talk about that effort. So we are, uh, we created an organization called uh, Friends of Buffalo Dunes. Um, it's a private nonprofit uh, to uh, to help raise money for a new clubhouse. Um, it's going to kind of be a public-private uh, uh, team effort. 
Um, the clubhouse that we have is uh, really outdated. Um, it actually looks like a pizza hut. Um, and uh, it, there's just not a lot of space, and the space we do have is is not utilized real well. So we've uh, got plans to uh, build a new clubhouse. Uh, we're actually fixing to uh, uh, present some uh, some stuff to our city commission here, hopefully in the next two to three months, on where we want to do it, how it's going to look, um, all that stuff. So it, it's it's much needed. Um, you know, we have very limited restroom space. When we when we have a uh, hundred player uh, uh, scramble or fundraising event, um, and everybody's in the in the golf shop in the clubhouse after play, and then we're trying to check other play in. It's it's really crowded. You get to know your neighbor pretty well, and we just we just need a little more space. We've outgrown what we've what we've got, and uh, we're looking forward to. Uh, getting this ball rolling and again the community the garden city and, and surrounding areas are you know they're they're pretty generous and it's going to be fun to uh, kind of see this project come to fruition jason for any of our listeners who might want to get involved and help out is there a way for them to get in touch either with you with the golf course or a, a website they can go to to get more information and be a part of it um, I would say probably the best thing right now would be to uh, holler at me. Um, they can reach me uh, uh, at my email address, or they can call the golf shop. My my email address is uh, jason.hayes, H-A-S-E, at gardencityks.us. Um, and the number to the shop is 620-277, or excuse me, 276-1221 is, is my direct line. Um, and then, um, you know, there's, uh, the Friends of Buffalo Dunes, uh, Facebook page, um, or just, you know, the City of Garden City. Website. Jason, let our listeners know, remind them, remind them again how they can stay up to date with all the great things that you do, whether it's online or it's on social media. Um, they can follow me on Instagram at, uh, Jay Hayes PGA. Uh, you can find me on Twitter. Um, I believe it's PGA Jay Hayes. Um, you can follow me on Facebook. Uh, so, I mean, those three social media uh, entities are fantastic, and, and uh, it's amazing the stuff that you can accomplish uh, using those. Well, Jason, it's always a pleasure having you as part of the show. Thank you for coming back and joining me again tonight. I hope you'll come back and update us on how things are going out there and how the uh, event goes on from the Symmetra Tour as well. Uh, but uh, I can't thank you enough for being here again tonight. Absolutely. Uh, thank you as always. It's, you know, it's a pleasure. Appreciate what you do for uh, golf and uh, all things golf related. And uh, next time you talk to uh, Natalie Sheary, Tell her I said hello, and we'll see her in, uh, I think we'll see her in about three or four weeks. So um, we'll uh, get her a caddy lined up, and uh, we're, we're, it's always good to have her back in garden. So I'll absolutely pass that along. She's one of my favorites. So look forward to hearing all about that and getting her back out there and getting you back on the show again real soon, Jason. All the best to you and your family. Yes, we'll sir. catch up soon. Thank you. Thank you, Chris. All right, Jason. Take care. 
That's Bye-bye. Jason Hayes. H-A-S-E is the spelling of his last name and uh, doing great things out there at Buffalo Dunes. Get involved. Friends of Buffalo Dunes. Check him out on Facebook and see how you can help that great cause and uh, look forward to getting Jason back on the show again real soon, hopefully catching up after the Symmetra Tour event, hear how that went, and maybe we can get him on the same time as, as our good friend Nat- Natalie Sheary. So thanks to Jason. Look forward to having him back. All right, before I get to my next guest, Shane LeBaron, I want to remind you about a few of our sponsors. First, please be sure to check out our friends at the Ben Hogan Golf Equipment Company. Folks, if you haven't hit Ben Hogan Iron since maybe the 80s or the 90s, do yourself a favor. Get a demo iron of either their Fort Worth PTX, new PTX Pro, which comes in black now as well, and I love the finish on those irons, or check out their edge irons as well. Take them out on the range. You can actually get one of their demo irons, and they've got a demo program, so go on their website, BenHoganGolf.com and uh, and get one of those demos and take it on compared to whatever it is you've got in your bag. Ben Hogan irons and wedges are all handcrafted one at a time in their Fort Worth, Texas factory. So that means no mass production, no shortcuts. Now you can order custom-made irons, wedges, and hybrids by going online to BenHoganGolf.com. And they're going to build those clubs to your specification. The best of all, charge you a fraction of the typical retail price. Again, check out their complete line of forged irons, wedges, utility irons, hybrids, bags, and accessories and their new GS53 driver and fairway woods, which look absolutely fantastic. I'm reading great reviews about them online. See it for yourself at BenHoganGolf.com. And folks, this segment of the show is sponsored by our friends at the PGA Tour Superstore. This segment of the show is brought to you by the PGA Tour Superstore. See why golfers everywhere are proud to call PGA Tour Superstore their golf pro shop. Visit them online at PGATourSuperstore.com. Now back to Chris and more of the show. And now joining me here on the French Lick Resort guest line is Shane LeBaron. Let me give you some background on Shane. He is from Lincoln, Nebraska, played his college golf at both Oklahoma State and Methodist College in Fayetteville, North Carolina. After college, he played out on the mini tours for a bit before deciding teaching was really where his heart was at. He became the assistant golf professional at Blue Hills Country Club in Kansas City in 1998, where he learned under PGA Hall of Fame instructor Stan Thirsk. From there, he moved on to become the lead instructor at Shadow Glen Golf Club in Kansas. 2002, he moved over to Hilton Head, South Carolina, where he worked as an instructor at both Moss Creek Golf Club and Belfair Golf Club. He later opened his own golf school at Old South Golf Club in Bluffton, South Carolina, became the college golf coach at the University of Southern uh, South Carolina uh, Beaufort back in 2011. In 2012, he became the director of instruction at the Plain, uh, Plain Truth uh, Performance Center there in Wigwam Resort in Phoenix, Arizona. Like our friends Andy Trainer and Kevin Roman, Shane is a level three Plain Truth certified instructor. Now spends his summer as a director of instruction at Knollwood Country Club up in Lake uh, Lake Forest, Illinois during the summers and then goes back to Phoenix to teach in the winters. He's been nominated a few times by Golf Magazine as one of their top 100 instructors. Golf Digest voted him one of the best teachers in the state of Arizona back in 2013. Golf Digest has also nominated him twice as one of the best instructors under the age of 40. He's a Callaway Golf Master Staff Professional, and I'm honored he is here with me tonight on next on the T. Hey, Shane, thanks for coming on the show. Chris, thanks for having me on. How are you tonight? I'm fantastic. How are you, Shane? Talk, talk to me about what's going on out in your neck of the woods. We're teaching some golf. <laughs> That's we, uh, we, 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 we finally got some weather. The uh, June 19th 
it was 48 degrees was the high up here in Lake Forest, uh, Illinois. Wow. And I was wearing a, a stocking cap and gloves teaching golf. But we actually have nice summer weather now. So that's, that's helping, that's helping the situation a little bit. No doubt. Shane, I really want to start our time tonight by kind of going back to the beginning of your time in the game of golf. I know your father was also a PGA professional. So was playing and teaching the game always sort of the game plan for you, or did you decide to get that go down that path a little bit later on in life? Well, I think, you know, I think like most kids, like when you get involved in the game of golf, you think, boy, I'd like to be on the PGA Tour. Of course, wouldn't everybody. And uh, And if we were all as good as as, as Kepka and the rest of the guys, we, we certainly would do that, but that's a pretty special thing to achieve. So, uh, from the time I was in high school, I kind of thought teaching would be kind of where I'd land, you know? And, uh, my, my stepdad is a club pro at a municipal course in Lincoln, Nebraska. And so I was fortunate to kind of, uh, have a place to play all the time and, and be around his assistant pros who I always looked up to and, and just, just kind of fell in love with it. And truthfully, at the end of the day, uh, I've never really done anything else uh, other than be around this game, and I kind of have no other skills. So (laughs) I'm I'm fortunate (laughs) to do what I do. (laughs) That's great. You spent some time in college at, you know, two pretty good golf programs, Oklahoma State and and Methodist College. So how does a kid go from living in Nebraska – to going over to Oklahoma State, which I imagine wasn't very popular with the locals there in Nebraska, and then ending up in Methodist over in uh, in North Carolina. Well, I wasn't over at Oklahoma State very long whatsoever. Uh, I, I quickly learned that uh, those guys are really good. And uh, it was interesting. Uh, you may not know this with the stuff that you found, but uh, I'm dyslexic. And I had a really difficult time in school. It was horrible for me. Uh, and so wow. school and I did, school and I did not jive very well. And, uh, so unfortunately I didn't stay long enough at either place to really accomplish much of anything. Uh, but it wasn't until I turned pro and, and found a bunch of mentors to help me that really kind of guided my career along. And, and speaking of that, right? I mean, uh, kind of going back to some of the things I talked about in in your in your intro, right? You had the opportunity to study under some pretty darn good instructors, starting with Stan Thursk. Um, talk yeah. about some of the you know mentors that you've had and uh, places that you had an opportunity to really hone your skills as a teacher. It's it's interesting, you know. We, you know, I kind of I kind of stand on the shoulders of giants, and. Stan Thursk, I was a, an assistant golf pro at Blue Hills, and Stan Thursk was good buddies with a guy by the name of Bud Williamson, and he was kind of a Kansas City PGA golf legend, and he was an unbelievable player, Bud was. And those two would hang out, and Stan would come out and give lessons. I'd, you know, he'd come out, and I'd say, "Well, Stan, can I can I watch you teach?" And at the, at the time, I didn't know, but he'd he'd let me watch a few lessons. Then he gave me this book, "Swing the Clubhead" by Ernest Jones. And I think earlier I alluded to the fact that I'm dyslexic, so I'm praying this book has pictures. Um, <laughs> but I would watch, I would watch Stan teach, and I kind of fell in love with his communication, the the art of what he did. Like there's there's two sides of teaching, right? You've got the the art of communication, the, the ability to motivate a student to to bring your point across clear, and so it makes sense to that individual the way they need it. And then you've got the other aspect of teaching, which is the technical side of it, 
And Stan was so good at the the communication side of it, making a student feel great. Uh, if you got a if he had a, a 30 handicap in front of him, uh, that 30 handicap felt like a tour star when they were done, just because of the experience with Stan, which I always kind of thought was a great way to go about doing things. Uh, I was able to work with. Gosh, I was able to go out and watch Butch Harmon teach. I kept bugging him. I'd send him emails. And finally, they allowed me to come out and watch Butch Harmon teach. And, and, and he was great. He had a, he had that same kind of deal that, that Stan had where he was able to, you know, break down any barriers, get the communication working, and then give them high quality information on top of it. Uh, I'd go see, uh, Hank Haney when I was out in, uh, Hilton Head. He was running at the time the IJGA, International Junior Golf Academy. And I'd go out there and I'd watch him teach. And he was nice to me because of my relationship with Jim Hardy. I think Hank worked, worked with or for Jim Hardy for many, many years. And so that kind of opened that door. And being around these guys and watching their ability to kind of diagnose the impact, get the ball flight correct, give the student the, the right information, and not only give the student the right information, but give it to them the right way, the way that that student needs it to see the, the success kind of happen pretty darn quick, if not immediately. So, Shane, you become head coach at the University of South Carolina, Beaufort. And, um, yeah. you know, kind of going from being the director of instruction, you know, at some of the country clubs around the country to now being a college golf head coach. What was that transition like? What was it like being a part of that program? It was fantastic. We, um, it was interesting. So at the same time I was doing that, I was still at Belfair. So I balanced Belfair and that together at the same time. Uh, RAD was great at the time and, and brought me in and, and we had a program that really hadn't gotten off the ground yet. And the boys team was kind of, they were put together. I would, I would call them, they all kind of had a chip on their shoulder a little bit. A lot of them didn't get picked up by a school somewhere or were at a school kind of like me and couldn't hack it. And it was a, it was a second, a second chance sort of thing and they wanted to prove a point. And so it was, uh, the kids worked so hard, um, being part of what they did. We've, we've got, uh, I had two kids make it to a U.S. amateur. I had Reed Howard and John Pannone both playing U.S. amateurs and, and John Pannone went pretty deep in the North South one year. From a little school out of out of the out of the very bottom tip of South Carolina, that was that was pretty exciting stuff. Uh, the girls' team did fantastic. Uh, we had these these kids, and some of them really hadn't played much much golf to be you know to to begin with. Uh, we had a girl on the team that was a, a softball pitcher in high school, and and she played golf, but softball was the thing she was really good at. In fact, she set all kinds of state records for, for South Carolina and probably could have pitched at a number one a division or any one of the division one schools in the country that have a softball program, but decided to play golf. So she was a great athlete and, and, um, the girls were kind of in our second year, they made it to the national championship. And that was, that was kind of huge, uh, because they worked really, really, really hard to get there. The boys got a lot of credit, uh, for doing well. They succeeded. They won a bunch of tournaments. And I don't think we were ever ranked. I don't think we finished ever worse than about fifth at nationals for the NA. It was NAIA program. 
with the boys, but for the girls to make it to national championship their second year was a, just a huge feather in their cap and probably one of the proudest moments of my teaching career, truthfully. And Shane, you mentioned Reed Howard quickly. And oh, by the way, Reed Howard is the son of actor and director Ron Howard. So what was it like teaching teaching Reed? And then was Ron ever around the program and get to spend some time with him? Absolutely. Uh, they're a phenomenal family. and They're a very tight family. Uh, Reed, Reed is a heck of a player. I think he's still trying to play, uh, if, I, if I'm correct. But, yeah, his dad would come out. His mom would come out. Uh, they'd take the team to dinner. Uh, they'd hang out with us. It was funny when you go places. Of course, everybody wanted their picture with Opie, right? Um, people would come up to the table and it was funny one night I, we, we were at a pizza place in Savannah called Vinnie Van Gogh's really great pizza spot. If you're anywhere near Savannah area, the word this people keep coming up and saying, Oh, Ron Howard, will you take a picture? Will you take a picture? And I said, I said, gosh, I said, you can't, you can't even have your dinner. I said, does that ever bother you? And he said, Shane, they're the reason I have the job I have. And I thought, well, that's wow. pretty cool. So he was, yeah, it is. Uh, he was, he was great to the program. Uh, Reed was good for our program. He played very well for us. Uh, it was nice to have that connection. And Shane, if you look at the, the 2010 season and, and your golf team had a scoring average of 72.66, which was better than, oh, yeah. by the way, Oklahoma State's uh, scoring average. <laughs> and they were ranked number one most of the year, right? Until they lost uh, Augusta State Patrick Reed in the national championship game. But they're, their stroke average was 73.31. You're at 72.66. You get coach of the year. That had to be a pretty special thing for you. It was, it was a great thing. And, and, uh, you know, it, <laughs> I think the golf courses at Oklahoma State, the boys at Georgia and all those big schools are playing were a little more difficult than the ones we were on. But <laughs> not to, not to knock what our, what our team did. They, they could really, really play. And, um, you know, it's it's because of them that I was able to get the award. Uh, I, I don't know, you know, I, I, <laughs> I don't know without the the hard work of those kids that that anything that I did would have made would have made a lick of difference. But they they worked their tails off, and I'm sure proud of them. Shane, I had Andy Trainer on a couple of weeks ago, and Andy is a certified level three plain truth instructor, as is another good friend of the show, Kevin Roman. For our listeners, yep. refresh our memories about. Plain truth methodology and how you apply those principles to your teaching methods. Well, it's interesting. Um, I've been involved with Jim since 2005, so we're going on some time now. And um, most people kind of have a misconception, I believe, of what the plain truth is. They say, "Well, plain truth, uh, you guys all swing like Matt Kuchar, right?" And and it's what you teach everyone to do. And and, and what's in those books, that just must be what it is. And that's that's really not it at all. Um, we've got three levels of certification. And I think that uh, I don't mean to speak for any other teaching professionals out there, but or any programs that are out there on top of it. But, but I do believe that it's the best in the business. And we've got three levels of certification, levels one, two, and three. Uh, level one basically covers our basics, but trains you to start understanding how to how to depict and, and, and be able to detail and nail in on impact and ball flight. What's the ball doing? Why is it doing? What the club do to cause the ball to do what it did? That sort of thing. Um, kind of turns you into a, a human track man, which is, which is what Jim Hardy is, <laughs> by the way. Um, 
<laughs> kind of turns you into a human track man, but allows you to, you start to understand everything from an impact and ball flight perspective backward. And then we start getting into kind of one and two plane stuff, but it's really got very little to do with understanding what one and two plane golf swings are. It has to do with impact and ball flight and then being able to do it under fire. So part of our certification program is if, like Chris, if you were joining us, which we ought to have you out to one of these. But if you were joining mm, us, love to. what we what we do is we have students that you've never met, and you've got a process to go through to fix the student. So you're going to do it live while you're being graded. You've never met this student. You don't know anything about them, but you've got to fix their impact and their ball flight. And you get graded and judged by how well that process is communicated and how how well that student responds to your information and how much better the impact gets. Uh, we have a this is unbelievable. We have a blind, in our level two, we have a blind ball flight test. So you can't see the golfer, but you can see the ball flight. And we don't teach off the, the stock nine ball flights, if you will, because I don't, I don't mean this in a bad way, but the truth of the matter is a chop chunk is a ball flight. It's just not a good one. But it's not listed in the nine, right? Uh, right. A shallow top and a, and a steep top. Those are two very different ways to top a golf ball but they're not listed in the nine ball flights. So we go off we go off 14 different impacts. And that being said, we'll have one of our students, not one of our students, but one of our instructors, usually Chris O'Connell, is hitting shots. And you can't see Chris, but you can just see the ball. So you know where the target line is. And you've got to be able to determine whether it's a heel push or is that a slice. And by the way, the two shots sound different. And a heel push looks an awful lot like a slice, but the correction for both of those are so unbelievably different. So as a student of the game as an instructor to people trying to get better. If you don't know the difference between those two, if you've got a golfer who's hit heel pushes out to the right and you go, oh, you're slicing it, you've, you've made them worse. Wow. So it's, it's really, really, it's really cool to see people go through the process. We've had some unbelievable people go through our programs. Uh, Jim McLean has a lot of his instructors go through our level one certification. Uh, Casey Martin, the golf coach at Oregon has gone through it. Martin Hall is a level one. He's gone through the program. You know, obviously, we've got Kevin at Monterey Peninsula. We've got Bernie Najar at Caves Valley. We've got some really talented people that have that have gone through the program and had great success. And I think that these are things that they kind of utilize throughout their entire career. And I'll be honest, uh, you know, Jim Hardy is kind of kind of my hero, to say the least. And, and what he's done for golf, what he's done for me personally, but what he's done for golf and roughly 500 certified instructors across the U.S. and the U.K. is really give people access to great instruction that when you go see one of these instructors, you're going to get a quality golf lesson, not one of those golf lessons that says, you know, you're going to get worse before you get better. Or, you know, don't go, don't go play golf for two weeks. Just go to the range. Well, you know, law of averages, you go to the range for two straight weeks and don't play golf. You're going to figure out something that works. Doesn't mean that I said anything. It's worth a damn. <laughs> so we we could point. We we don't want that we don't want that to happen to our students. And so uh, I'm very proud to be part of the Plain Truth. Uh, uh, Jim Hardy is not not only a dear friend, he's kind of a father figure, and uh, it's a wonderful organization of of great great people that have very very little ego. And in this business, and in the golf business, or in heck, in the, in the world in general, that sometimes is a hard thing to find. And I don't think you'll find a more open-minded, welcoming group of people. They're just wonderful. Shane, just a couple more before I let you go. And um, 
On your website, and uh, for the for our listeners, ShaneLeBaronGolf.com is the website. You talk about performing under pressure that um, I, I think is something that a lot of us struggle with, it, whether it's we're just going out and playing our in our member guest tournament or we're playing in a local event and on up through uh, the different levels of the tour. How do you talk to your students about how to deal with playing pressure? Well, there's there's two ways to, to kind of talk about it. You've got the, the technical, physical side of it, then you've got the mental side. Uh, for the mental side of it, uh, I don't think it's good to to run away from the stress. In other words, you know, they call your name up to the first tee if it's a big event, if it's a junior event, if it's your club championship, whatever it is that's important to you, when they call your name to the first tee, you you feel the thunder. You, you know how that works. And and the idea is is that you you want to make sure that you don't run away from that feeling that you want to use it, that you have that feeling because you're capable of actually accomplishing what's in front of you. If you didn't have that feeling, that means you're not very good. And you're not talented enough to achieve what's set out in front of you to begin with. So you want to take that feeling. You want to you want to use it to your benefit on the golf course. Uh, the second part of it is is the physical aspect. Is will it hold up? Will what I do hold up? And if if what I'm doing isn't working, am I smart enough with my own golf swing to know why my impact and my ball flight aren't working today? And can I correct it after a swing or two? Versus and, and everyone's been there, and I can include myself in this. You finally get the 17 tee box and hit the one you've been looking for all day. You know, meanwhile, the 16 holes previous are now wasted. You don't want that to happen to a student. Good players can figure it out. They understand their ball flight. And it's our job as instructors to make sure that our players are equipped with the right information to, I don't want to say immediately, but I would love to say the word immediately, correct whatever wrong is going on within reason immediately without having to, you know, chase things around and, and try to try to figure it out. Hopefully tomorrow's better sort of business. Shane, you offer online coaching. Let our listeners know about that, plus how they can also follow you online and on social media as well. Uh, you can catch me at, uh, at LeBaron Golf on, on Twitter and uh, Instagram. Uh, you might see a lot of my dog on Instagram, but, uh, but you'll <laughs> catch me on both of those. Uh, if you go to ShaneLeBaronGolf.com, uh, you can sign up for online lessons. Uh, oftentimes with my online lessons, you know, I, years ago I went out to, uh, about four years ago I went out and filmed a bunch of videos over at, at Callaway at the Performance Center. Really cool place. If you've never been, it's really, really neat. Filmed a bunch of videos with drones and, and I kind of thought that the people that were going to sign up for these lessons would be the typical lessons, the guy who's shanking or the guy that can't make the short putt or someone who needs more distance, and, and kind of those basic things. And I filmed all these videos, about 35 of them, thought this would be cool, and I'll have these online lessons, and I'll send them out. And and the videos didn't really apply to the people that were contacting me. So lit literally what I will do now is anyone that signs up, they put their video in, they send me the video, I open it up, I have a look at it, and then I have them call me, and we start talking. <laughs> and, and so I teach all day, and then when I get home, I see what videos I've got, and then I get on the phone, and I talk to those people about their golf swings as I'm looking at their video, and they're looking at it. So we, we just kind of talk about it together. I think it's better than kind of being generic in, in emails and that sort of thing. Sometimes that stuff doesn't come across right. So that's been the recent change I've made as far as it relates to the, the online lessons with Shane LeBaron Golf. And I think people like it. You know, they kind of get shocked when I say, give me a call, and I give them my cell phone number, and then I answer when they, when they call 
um, <laughs> talk about their wow. swing, and then occasionally I'll video my own video for them and send them a text. And so this, this is what relates to you. This is why your three wood will not get off the deck. This is the issue that you're having, and this is why, and here's what we're going to do to fix it. Now, here's a drill. I hope you like the video. And then ship that off to them in a text, and we just kind of keep that open communication going, which is, which has really been good. I really kind of enjoy it that way. Shane, so much more I'd like to get into with you. I, I hope you'll come back and join me again sometime soon. You've been fantastic. I can't thank you enough for your time tonight. Well, Chris, I, I appreciate it, and, and and thanks for being good to our Plain Truth guys. I really appreciate what you're doing there, and and thanks for promoting golf and and being uh uh. Being a fan of golf instruction. I love it. I appreciate you very much. Thank you, Shane. Take care, my friend. I look forward to catching up with you, like I say, again real soon. In between now and then, all the best to you and your family, Shane. Best to you, Chris. I appreciate it so much. Have a great evening. All right. Thank you, Shane. You too. Thank you. That is Shane LeBaron, L-E-B-A-R-O-N, Shane LeBaron. And, uh, boy, I'll tell you what, folks, so much great content there and so much more to get into with when, when you're talking about, you know, the, 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 um, the instruction that he does and the, what, and the things that he does with his students and, and the, the plain truth methodology. And I really love that fact that, you know, how engaged he is with video and with his students. So you don't have to be out, whether it's in Illinois or in Arizona, you can send him a video. And, and like you said, you know, that, I love that. He'll actually answer the phone. He'll give you his cell phone number, and he'll actually answer the phone. So uh, I think it's a great thing. Please go online. ShaneLeBaronGolf.com is his website. Go on there. Check that out. Sign up for those video lessons. I think you're going to be amazed at the great things that he's going to be able to do to help you with your game. All right, before I get to my next guest, Russ Holden, I want to give a shout-out to our friends over at Positive Vibes Golf. Please, folks, go online and check them out at PositiveVibesGolf.com. Give them a follow on Twitter at PVibesGolf. Their head covers and putter covers are a very unique way to keep your mind focused on positive thoughts. When you're out on the golf course, it's a great training aid because it gets you refocused to remember what you're doing out there anyway, right? Which is having fun, being outdoors, being with your friends or family, right? It really kind of gets you back to if you if you've made a bad swing or whatever, to remember to have fun, put positive thoughts back in your mind and enjoy today. Again, PositiveVibesGolf.com and give them a follow on Twitter at PVibesGolf. I want to give a shout out to our friends over at Golf Pride. In golf, light grip pressure releases power. Golf Pride engineered a secret that pros know. A larger lower hand encourages lighter pressure. Plus 4 technology is designed with four additional layers, which reduces tension in the lower hand to generate more power. Play Plus 4 and release the secret pros know. Now available on Tour Velvet the winningest grip on tour. Grip confidence, grip golf pride. And this segment of the show is sponsored by our friends over at Two Under. I want to remind you about our friends over at Two Under, men's performance briefs, the unofficial underwear of the PGA Tour. Worn by PGA Tour players like Ricky Fowler, David Toms, Jerry Kelly, William McGirt, Jason Kokrak, and Matt Everett, to name just a few. Your buddies are going to think you're a stud if they're even seeing you in your underwear, which is another story. And your girlfriend and her wife is going to love the side effects, a visibly enhanced profile. The Joey Pouch technology provides the ultimate male asset management. It separates a man's most valuable assets from bodily contact to reduce unwanted skin-on-skin contact, providing less chafing, more control, and an altogether more luxurious feel. Start every round two under by wearing the coolest performance briefs on the market. 
Use code on the T20 to save 20% off your order at two under.com. And that's the number two, UNDR.com. All right, now back in making his sixth appearance with me here on the French Lick Resort guest line is Russ Holden. You've heard me talk about for years about the wonderful work that Russ does with his organization, Caddy for a Cure, which helps provide not only opportunities for our wounded service members to be caddies for a day with some of the top golfer, or golf, you know, uh, some of the top players on both the PGA and LPGA tours, but also gives the gift of you know life-changing events like houses for one of those service members that we happen to have uh, the wonderful privilege to have on the show with us a couple of years ago. And we'll revisit that story here in a minute. Russ is also a Class A uh, PGA professional and was the head golf professional at Woodfield Country Club in Boca Raton, Florida. He was there when uh, when he met uh, Bernard Longer and became his caddy from time to time from 1991 to 2006. Russ also served as the caddy captain for the 2004 European Ryder Cup team. Going back to his college days, he played golf at Malone University, and he was an NAIA All-American back in 1980. He was named All-Mid-Ohio Conference in 80 and 81. He was the Mid-Ohio Conference MVP in 1981, and he was inducted into the Malone University Hall of Fame in 1994. He's a wonderful friend of the show and very excited. He is back with me again tonight here on Next on the Tee. Hey, Russ, how are you, my friend? Hey, good evening, Chris. It's uh, wonderful to be with you again. I did not realize this was our sixth time. Uh, uh, my, how time flies, and uh, always great to be with you. Thank you. I, I appreciate you, Russ. So before we get started talking about all the really great things that you're doing with Caddy for a Cure, I want to start by your daughter is a heck of a junior player. What a great swing she has. How are things going with Kayla? Things are going fantastic. Uh, as you may know, she's committed to uh, play golf uh, for the University of Tennessee, uh, Go Vols, and she'll be uh, starting up there uh, next year, 2020. She's got one more year to go here as her senior year uh, commences in just a couple of weeks. But uh, it's been a it's been a fun journey uh, watching her, uh, both as a golf professional and her coach, and as her dad. Uh, a, a little, a few gray hairs uh, here and there as her dad, but uh, it's all part of the process and all been good. And it's been great to watch her grow into a, a really excellent player. I'll tell you what, it's uh, don't tell anybody, but uh, it's any day now that uh, it, it's going to be really tough for me to continue to keep beating her. Uh, she's she's getting real close to being able to beat old dad right now. <laughs> it, it, that's got to be tough for you, right? I mean, you know, your coach and dad. Right. When I imagine it's got to be awfully tough for you when you're watching her out on the golf course. And I know you're caddy for her from time to time and that sort of thing. But I'm guessing you're, you know, just like any dad, you're living and dying with every shot. How do you separate the emotion of dad from coach? I haven't figured that one out yet. Uh, if you have a good answer for me, uh, I'd be uh, I'd be open for suggestions. Uh, it, you know, it, it's always about her, and and her attitude is so good. She tries really hard, and she's been a real trooper to uh, to work on all the things. Uh, she's she's a. a, a a lover of the golf swing. She likes the game. She loves the golf swing. She likes studying the golf swing. And uh, she that's all she does is watch golf swing after golf swing. And, and, and she's really pretty sharp. She's actually a heck of a teacher in her own right. Uh, I know she, I love it when she has a look at me and, and offers suggestions to me. But, uh, you know, when she's out there on the golf course, I know she's trying her hardest. And, and uh, you know, that's all you can do is just root for her. And then, uh, you know, we, we've, we've had, uh, we've had work 
work there, both uh, from her, uh, you know, going to some professionals in that industry, uh, as well as for me as a dad to to know when the right time is to, you know, do a debrief uh, after a round is over. Um, and and that's been a that's been a learning experience for me to be able to be the coach and you know want to sit down and do a debrief, or do a factual Blue Angel style debrief on uh, what happened. Uh, and then there's dad, and it's a girl, uh, a little girl who's got a soft heart and being able to uh, address those uh, things in time. So that's been a learning process for us, and we're actually doing quite well with it now. So we're switching gears a little bit, and it's been a little while since I got to have you on the show. Catch us up. What's been going on with you and Caddy for a cure so far this year? We're having a great year, uh, and we got uh, our biggest time of the year is actually coming up with the playoffs coming up. Uh, we got the Northern Trust next week. We've got John Rahm, Tommy Fleetwood, Paul Casey, uh, possibly one other, and then the week after we've got uh, quite a lineup. We've got Brooks Kepka, Ricky Fowler, Justin Thomas, and Jordan Spieth uh, all going to participate with us. We've got uh, several wounded service members that are going to be uh, out there with us and uh, escorting some of our civilians who've made very plentiful donations to the multiple charities that we support and uh hey it's the playoffs so we're uh we're looking forward to it you know to have the number one player in the world participating with us again uh is just great and and jordan spieth and his wonderful team to be able to step up and and ricky fowler is one of our biggest fans and and supporters he's been just fantastic to us and uh you know i think it's really a testimony to to how patriotic and, and, and how appreciative the, the PJ Tour and the PJ Tour players are uh, to military-type initiatives uh, like us. And, uh, you know, we've been doing this now for 16 years, and uh, it just never ceases to amaze me how these men and women will give up their day uh, and, 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 you know, bring someone inside the ropes like, like Chris and, and treat you to a really good time. Yeah, really looking forward to the next couple of weeks. And Russ, for for a listener who is not familiar yet with what Caddy for a Cure does, talk about the experience that you provide to our wounded service veterans and then for the person that actually goes online and bids for the opportunity to be Caddy for a day. Well, you know, just to back up just a little bit, Chris, on on, on how this all really came about, uh, as you mentioned earlier, I was serving as the head professional at Woodfield Country Club here in Boca Raton, and one of the residents there happens to be a World Golf Hall of Fame member and two-time Masters champion Bernhard Langer, and uh, we met and became good friends back in the mid-'80s. That continues on even till today, Uh, and he asked me to come out and caddy for him as a fill-in basis back in the early 90s, and I, I, I loved it. I was like a... As you mentioned, I had a, a, a fairly successful amateur career, and I thought I could play for a living, and I decided to, I like to eat on a regular basis, and it wasn't going to allow me to do that for playing for three years, so I, I wisely went into being a club pro. But uh, while I was serving at Woodfield Country Club, I was touched by a rare bone marrow disorder called Fanconi anemia. Um, one of my assistants had two children uh, that were like family to us that uh, were suffering from this lethal disease, and we wanted to do something about it. I didn't really have an idea what I was going to do, but when I started caddying for Bernhard, like I said, I was a kid in a candy store. I was having the, the greatest time, you know, of my golf life, being able to rub shoulders with Seve Ballesteros and Greg Norman and Jack Nicholas and all the great players of that day. And uh, we had an idea 
uh, in 2001 when Bernhard asked me to come caddy full-time to, you know, gosh, what would happen if Chris Mascaro would want to come inside the ropes and be able to caddy for a day? And uh, we went and laid out a business plan for the tour, and they gave us a, a short leash and a thumbs up that first year, and uh, it was a huge success. We had guys like Bernhard and Tom Lehman and Paul Azinger and Fred Couples and a bunch of big names, you know, kind of wrapped their arms around us and said, you know, we like what you're doing, and, and, and you know, we're going to help you out here a little bit, and got us off to a real good kickstart. And uh, here we are 16 years later offering the experience for any of your listeners to be able to come inside the ropes and caddy for a day uh, with one of the world's greatest players. Uh, we support many charities. Uh, we're aligned with Birdies for the Brave, which is a military outreach of the PJ Tour started by Phil and Amy Mickelson back in 2005. Uh, we also help out the host site charity, so a little mini United Way, if you will, in a way to help local charities uh, at each tour stop that we go to, as well as the fan Coney Anemia Research Fund, uh, among various other charities uh, of the Players' Choice and, and some other ones. But uh, it's really cool. You get to go inside the ropes. We treat you to a inside-the-tour look at, at the world of golf, and you get to be a partner for the day uh, with one of the world's greatest players. And then, as you mentioned, we added the military initiative in, in 2007, and now for uh, 12 years have been offering gratis that opportunity for the uh, wounded service member to come and escort you. Uh, we take care of everything for them. We take care of their trip, fly them in, put them up, and uh, uh, really treat them to golf at its absolute highest levels. And our, our impetus is is that if the if the service member already plays golf uh, and they get introduced to it at the highest levels, hopefully it spurns them on to play even more. And if uh, we get a service member that, that doesn't play golf or is new to the game, uh, hopefully introducing them again to the highest levels of golf will spurn them on to, to play a little bit more golf. And we found it's uh, been immensely successful. It's uh, a golf fantasy, really, for them. And uh, really, it's just the beginning of our relationship with them. Uh, we've had hundreds and hundreds of uh, wounded service members come through our program now. And the caddy experience is really just the beginning. Uh, we stay in touch with them. We have an online golf academy that I've used my, my vast teaching experience to be able to uh, do that. We call it Operation Warrior Golf, and they're able to, through the V1 uh, Golf Academy, which uh, have, has so graciously given us access to this app, uh, that they can take a video of their golf swing from anywhere. Uh, as you mentioned, we do some other big events. We have our, our annual event in January where we bring a bunch of them in uh, for that, and then we have teaching seminars uh, all during the year. Uh, but the biggest thing is just us being in a position to use golf, to wrap our arms around them, and, and we know what the therapeutic effects have been uh, on the game, and, and we've been really humbled and blessed to be able to be in this position to offer it to them. And Russ, it, it was exciting because a couple of years ago, we got to speak with you and Marine oh. veteran Lyndon Ortiz, who you helped gift a mortgage-free house to through Caddy for a Cure and some of the other partners that you're working with. Remind our listeners about that and the, and the great work that you do beyond the Caddy opportunity for some of our wounded service me- uh, veterans. Yeah, that's really our. Uh, that's really probably one of the highlights, uh, you know. And even to this day, Lyndon is a very close personal friend, and uh, we check in on Lyndon all the time. And his two little girls and uh, lovely wife are, uh, you know, loving their home that they have in Orlando, Florida. And uh, it, it's really something to know how we were able to use caddying and and something that I really never 
in my wildest dreams ever imagined that I would do. I'd done everything in the golf business. Uh, you, you name it. I was bag boy. I was shop boy. I was merchandiser. I was, you know, pick the range. I did everything in the world of golf. I'd never caddied. And, and it, it's so ironic that now we use caddying and the experience that I had with Bernhard to be able to be in this position. Uh, but the most important thing is, is that that family, the Ortiz family now is, is mortgage free, safe and sound in that home in Orlando. And to watch those little girls know that they have a safe place. Uh, it's right next to their elementary school where they go to school. And, and to, to watch the home be be styled in their fashion and, and know that they can get up every day and know that, 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 that they have a safe place. And uh, it's just been awesome. Uh, you know, we've visited them and we've been to the house many times and, and to see them in their environment. They're so They send pictures all the time of changes that they make to the house and everything like that. And, you know, the, the next year we gave away a uh, uh, service dog to uh, uh, Sergeant, First Sergeant Randy Nance, who's a, a, a wounded Green Beret. And, uh, you know, we know that that service dog has, has changed Randy's life. Uh, he is in a position right now, an amputee, uh, gave his leg and uh, had some other fairly substantial injuries. And, uh, you know, his his whole life changed when, when he got the most beautiful dog, Eleanor, uh, from positive action in Orlando that uh, we were helped we were able to be a part of and coordinated and uh um, you know things like that just uh just don't really ever go away those are those are things that uh, both the ortiz family and nance family will now have for the rest of their lives so russ i i got to imagine there are a lot of rewarding stories when you're talking to the veterans and and a part of those events whether it's on the golf course or things that you've done uh, obviously away from the golf course what are what are some of the the heartwarming stories that uh, that those veterans have told you about the impact that Caddy for a Cure has had on them. Well, I, the one that comes to mind, we've had two, uh, but one of them that, that comes to mind was uh, we had an experience in uh, Memphis. Ironically, last week was the the Memphis St. Jude uh, uh, FedEx tournament, uh, but we had a, a young man that came in and a uh, uh, lo- lovely young man. Uh, and this was early on in the days that we started the military thing. We do things a little bit differently now where we're really as a result of this one that uh, we, we really kind of command the bio and the background on, on every one of our wounded service members. But uh, he came in and uh, had a great time. Uh, it was hot. And he, he he spent his time, and you know it was just another caddy for a cure experience that we love doing, and we did everything that we normally do. We didn't do anything more or anything less than we do for any other wounded service member. But uh, he stayed with me, and uh, in the middle of the night, I had to get up and make a pit stop, and uh, I was fumbling around in the hotel room, and uh, out of the blue, the voice came up and said, "Go ahead, turn the light on. You know, if you're if you need to get in there." And it scared the daylights out of me, and you know, I asked him, I said, "What are you?" doing you know and he said well I'm, I'm, I'm just laying here I said well why aren't you sleeping he said well I don't sleep he said it's part of my part of my problem with my PTS and my TBI my traumatic brain injury that my brain really doesn't ever shut down and I just don't like taking the sleeping pills so I won't sleep for three four five days at a time and wow. it just stunned me it just absolutely stunned me so I, I knew there was some pretty serious stuff going on but he was so nice and so wonderful 
that uh, I really didn't think anything of it. And uh, we had uh, Lee Westwood uh, was our tour player, and uh, he was he's just a delightful guy. And uh, 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 Billy Foster was on the bag, and they treated him to a great time. And we had our civilian, and you know it's time to say goodbye. And and uh, he was local, and and I didn't know this until I learned it after the fact. But Lee thought so much of him that uh, this was in the old days when the Memphis tournament was right before the U.S. Open. He invited the service member back and uh, uh, cleaned out his locker, gave gave everything because the major championship was the next week. He was going to get a whole new wardrobe and everything. And, and he said, bring your truck. And he, uh, he basically filled them up with sweaters and hats and shirts and golf bags and balls and gloves and, and everything uh, that he had with him. He basically gave it to the, to the young man. And um, <laughs> the, the chilling part of the whole thing was that this was, when he came to do it, he had basically made up his mind that this was the last thing that he was going to do. Uh, he, he was having a real hard time uh, with life. Uh, he, he wanted to check out. And uh, he was going to do this, and, and he had made plans to, to take his life uh, on the way home. As a matter of fact, he was just going to uh, – he had said goodbye to his family. Uh, he's got a wife and some lovely children. And uh, uh, it was so touched – by how the people in the world of golf and on the PJ Tour, the players, the caddies, uh, the, the volunteers, uh, the people with Caddy for a Cure, the civilian, that, that he was so overwhelmed that he had never seen anything like this in his life that how, how people could be so embracing to him and it changed his life and obviously he went back on Sunday and brought his, brought his wife back with him and uh, uh, it saved his life. He later told us that uh, you know the, the suicide was what he had on his mind, and uh, it, it was really chilling to me to know that we had been handed that baton, not knowing that the baton was in our hand, and that, that this was was what we'd been able to do. So um, we know we know we know that golf is therapeutic. We know that golf works. We know that golf is great. Um, all of our listeners who are golfers, you know, all will say a hearty amen to that, that there's really not much to it, whether you play great or you, you don't play so well. Uh, being out on green grass, chasing a little white golf ball around with blue skies and all the intricacies that golf offers, um, it, it really is special and it really does make a big difference in some of these men and women who raise their right hand for us to be able to have the, the freedoms and liberties that we enjoy today. Wow. What an amazing story. I mean, you, you talked about, you know, a, a chilling story, but boy, that has got to be one of the greatest things that anyone could say to you about what impact you're having on their lives. You literally saved a man's life um, and gave him hope and, and you know, a, a reason to live, more reason to live on top of, you know, obviously his his wife and his children, but that restored his hope. How did that, how does that make you feel? Yeah, I'm stunned by it. I, you know, this happened uh, quite a while ago, many years ago, and we're still very close to to, to the young man and his family. And uh, he went on to play a lot of golf and uh, actually has some some real big things that he's doing now in his life. And uh, you know, we're just we're just thrilled with that. And we had another situation that that uh, wasn't quite as stark, but it was the same net result. And uh, you know, the staggering statistic that's out there that's uh, you know I think it's 20 to 22 uh, service members a day take their own life and and that's just an incredible tragedy 
that uh, is happening in our country right now. That uh, the, these are these are true heroes that, that that again raise their right hand for us to be able to sit here and and to allow that to happen. Um, you know, is is mind boggling. I don't know of anybody that I've ever spoken to that isn't just absolutely stunned by that statistic. And and we need to do more. And uh, you know, as a PGA member now, a life member of the PGA of America, um, you know, the work that PGA Hope is doing. Uh, uh, you know, getting veterans into the game, you know, organizations like Caddy for a Cure, and there's so many great military initiatives out there that do so much. But, uh, you know, we're especially fond of anything that can get somebody out playing golf because it allows them to put away whatever it is that's bothering them, uh, the, the nightmares and the emotional trauma and the flashbacks. And we've seen it. We've seen it firsthand. We see it every week that uh, when they get out there, uh, it's not permanent. But, uh, hey, it, it's something that, that uh, I've seen it through the lens of the camera that I want to take in pictures. And I, I've seen it in the smiles, uh, you know, when we're having dinner and we're, we're meeting the best players in the world. We're on the range or we're in the equipment trailer that uh, all is forgotten for that period of time that they're there. And uh, hopefully that'll, like I said, it'll spurn them on to get more involved in the game and, and hopefully be a respite for them. Russ, I want to switch gears just for a moment, and um, I want to talk a little bit about Bernhard Longer because I got to got to get your insights because the guy just continues to dominate on the Champions Tour. I mean, he's he's uh, what a few weeks shy of his 62nd birthday, yet he yes, keeps yes. you know you know you think maybe this is going to be the year he slows down, and then he he wins early in the season, and he goes out and shoots 66. On Sunday and wins his fourth senior open championship. Uh, the guys are absolutely incredible. How does he keep doing it? I, I think he's the, the ultimate competitor. I mean, if you, if you really took a hard look at his life, you know, he, he grew up in a small town called Anhausen, uh, just about an hour, hour west outside of Augsburg, uh, in Germany. And, and, you know, here, here's a guy that's riding a bike six miles through the woods and through the forest to get to a nine hole course to caddy to make 10 cents. Uh, you know, to, to have him come from that background and that environment, you know, my daughter, as you mentioned, playing junior golf with everything that, that these juniors have available to them today with track mans and, and great golf courses and equipment and conditions and, and everything that, that they get to enjoy. Uh, you, you look at a guy like Bernhard, uh, diminutive in size and, uh, to come all the way where he's come, it, it's really got to be one of the greatest stories in the history of sport. Uh, I, I'm not sure there's been too many success stories that are like this, but he's got the ultimate competitor's heart. Um, I'll tell you a quick story, a funny story. We were we were in Germany many many years ago, and uh, they were having a, a, a Mercedes Championship there that uh, was his tournament, and uh, they took us over to the racetrack in Stuttgart to drive the Mercedes, and we had professional drivers there teaching us and teachers whatnot teaching us how to do you know maneuvers on the racetrack and in driving circumstances and things like that and we spent all day there was maybe a, a dozen players and some caddies and things like that and uh, at the end we got all done and there was four or five six uh, uh, tests that you had to do and, and it was you know had a little competition so we all got to do it and they timed you and they did everything and, and lo and behold Bernhard Bernhard won uh, you know, and they give him this gold tire. It was a big tire and it was all wrapped with gold foil and everything. It had a ribbon around it and everything. And kind of a cool little 
spiel for winning the thing. And, uh, you know, I didn't really think much of it and said, wow, you know, that's really something. Bernhardt, he's quite a competitor. And uh, he took the tire and, you know, we put it in the car and we went and played and we went back to his house after the tournament. And as we were unpacking everything, he asked me if I'd take the tire and put it downstairs down in the basement of his house. So uh, I went down there and I turned the light on and there was about 12 or 13 other gold tires down there. Uh, <laughs> and I, I said, you son of a gun, you know, no wonder you won the test over there. Uh, it, <laughs> it's about the 13th tire that he'd won. He'd been doing all those things every year that was uh, pretty interesting. But, you know, it, it's kind of a lighthearted story as to what a competitor he is, whether you're playing him at ping pong, whether you're out on a, on a football field playing a little soccer. Uh, uh, no, no matter what it is, uh, he is the ultimate competitor. And, and I tell people all the time, you wouldn't want to get in a fist fight with that guy. He will figure out a way how to beat you. And uh, he, he is the ultimate competitor. I don't see him slowing down, Chris. People ask me all the time, I think Bernhardt's got another two, three, four, five years in him. It wouldn't shock me at all if he was winning when he's 66, 67 years old. Wow. And, and, and Russ, when you were on the bag for him, did he have expectations for you as a caddy? What What did he want from you as his caddy? Well, you know, I was I was a, a little bit of an anomaly for him because he and Pete Coleman, uh, he's got a great caddy now. Terry uh, Terry uh, uh, Holt is out there right now on his bag, and he Terry is a really hard worker, uh, a wonderful young man who's an Englishman and uh, somewhat quiet, uh, but he, he works harder than than really is any caddy out there. Uh, you know, just doing yardages and everything like that. And when I came in, uh, I had a little different personality. I, I love to tell jokes, and I, I love to have a little bit more fun and I'm probably a little bit more lighthearted. Pete Coleman was again the ultimate hard worker and did everything that Bernhard wanted. So I filled in in a kind of a different position where I, I was his, his secondary coach as well as we were really good buddies. We were good friends and uh, you know it was a, a, a unique fresh experience for Bernhard to have me on the bag because uh, I was always the one telling jokes and having fun with the other players and, and that was a little bit different for him but uh, he's an incredibly uh, demanding guy. I think I saw a stat the other day where just uh, four-tenths of a shot uh, per day would be the difference between almost a million and a half dollars on last year's tour stats. Uh, you know, if, if someone could increase their uh, percentage. So Bernhard used to look on the fact of how could he save a quarter to a half a shot a day? Where, what could we do at the beginning of the week? What could we learn that nobody else learned about you know, a fairway and the way the way a, a, a green, you know, somewhere, something out there that we could learn how to play a hole just that much better than everybody else, or or you know, by by laying up or or by you know just knowing where you could miss it and where you couldn't miss it. Bernhard's out there looking for a quarter shot a day, and and I think one of the reasons that he does as well as he does right now, while all of them are competitors out there and they all want to win, I think Bernhard goes the extra mile and then some and does just more work and along with Terry right now they work really 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 hard I think they outwork pretty much everybody else out there Russ before I let you go for our wounded veterans that are out there listening to the show tonight and uh, could really benefit from what you're doing their families also listening in how can they get in touch with you and uh, be a part of what you're doing for Caddy for a Cure 
Oh, it's great. That's uh, awesome. Uh, well, first of all, thank you all for your service. Uh, we really, really sincerely do appreciate it. And uh, we have a great site, caddyforacure.com, and we spell it with a Y, C-A-D-D-Y-F-O-R-A-C-U-R-E, caddyforacure.com. Just go there and you can learn all about uh, the charities that we support. You can see a bunch of testimonies from people that we've had through the 16 years of our existence. And uh, there's a contact form in there. Simply fill it out. Uh, Tell me a little bit about yourself, and uh, I'll reach back out to you, and uh, we'll start the process to be able to find a, a place and a player in a week that would work for everybody, and uh, we'll look forward to trying to get you on the bag somewhere uh, and, and get you uh, into the into the Caddy for a Cure family, as we like to say. And, Russ, how can our listeners follow you and uh, Caddy for a Cure, not only uh, on your website but over social media as well? Yeah, we're on Facebook, uh, the CFAC fan page, and then we're on uh, Twitter, obviously, Caddy for a Cure, at Caddy for a Cure, Instagram, at Caddy for a Cure, and uh, we post some uh, inspirational uh, things and information about uh, all the events that we have coming up. We try to stay on top of that, and uh, we love having uh, love having our fans reach out to us and, and talk to us, but, uh, you know... We, we, uh, rather than, than blab and talk all about it, which as you can see, I can do, uh, quite well, uh, those Facebook pages that, uh, go into the other, uh, social media platforms, uh, really tell a great story. The, some of the pictures that we've been able to acquire and, and accomplish through the years, um, really say it all. You know, one picture really does say a thousand words, and, uh, we're just really humbled and honored to be able to be in this position, to be able to have offered it, and the PJ Tour has just been so supportive of what we do over over the years and uh, you know just our hats are off and, and just completely grateful for their support over the last 16 years well Russ I can't thank you enough for taking time out of your night and being very generous with that time tonight always love getting to spend time with you you're so inspirational and the great things that you guys <laughs> continue to do there at Caddy for a Cure is, is just absolutely unbelievable for the impact you've had and uh, continue to have on our wounded service members. And uh, boy, that story was just absolutely, as you said, chilling to hear, but also very gratifying to hear, to think uh, of the wonderful impact that you're having on people's lives. So thank you for coming on and sharing those stories again tonight. It is 100% our pleasure. Anytime we get the chance to tell the story about uh, Fanconi anemia and uh, the wounded service members and, and the brave men and women that do so much for us, uh, it's our it's our complete honor. I'll do it any time, night or day. And uh, Chris, always a pleasure to be with you. You're doing a great job on this show. I listen to it all the time, and just I can't wait for the next show when I'm not on it, so I'll listen to the whole thing. So thank you. <laughs> <laughs> thank you, Russ. I appreciate that right. very much, and uh, look forward to having you back on the show again. Soon. All the best to you, Kayla, and the rest of your family. It's uh, it's, a, it's a, an extreme pleasure. Cheers. Thanks, Chris. See you, Russ. That is Russ Holden. And, uh, again, Caddy for a Cure, C-A-D-D-Y-F-O-R-A-C-U-R-E is, uh, is the name of the organization. Go online, caddyforacure.com, and check out uh, the wonderful opportunities. And he mentioned the players that uh, that they've had. And, boy, they, they get the best players on tour uh, to come out and and, uh, and be a part of the program because it's it's a a wonderful cause right b it's a it's an enjoyment for them to give back as well again Ricky Fowler Zach Johnson Tommy Fleetwood Justin Thomas Billy Horschel he talked about uh, you know Jordan Spieth and some of the others that they've had on as well so uh, you're gonna when you go out there and you bid to be a caddy for a day for them 
you're going to be with the greatest players in the game of golf. Brooks Kepka, you mentioned as well. So do yourself a favor. Do a service member a favor. Go out there and take a look at their site. See who, who they've got and what events they've got coming up. And go bid and be a part of uh, a wonderful cause doing great things. Saved a service member's life. How rewarding is that? How great a story is that? Boy, I, I you know, warms my heart just hearing about it, let alone uh, what, uh, what Russ has done. All right, folks, it's time for me to put a bow on this edition of Next on the Team. My sincere thanks go out again to Jason Hayes, Shane LeBaron, and Russ Holden for joining me. Please check out our website, nextonthetea.net. Keep uh, track of who our guest schedule is and, and when they'll be joining me. Please also check out the show. We're available on so many podcasting sites and great partners like Podbean, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Audioboom, Player.fm, a wonderful newer site, launchpaddm.com, also supporting us. And uh, please go out on, if you, if you can, you know, go to that site, hit the subscribe button for us. We'd really appreciate that very much. Please give me your thoughts. Check us out on our Facebook page, Next on the T with Chris Mascaro. You can, you know, share a comment. You know, if you got a question for one of our future guests or someone who's already been on the show, we'd be glad to get that question answered for you. Again, you can check out uh, our complete guest schedule by going on our website, nextonthetea.net. Folks, I can't thank you enough for continuing to make us a part of your golfing content. Until next week, hit them straight, my friends. Tuesday to hear more stories about the game.